Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I am Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Carolyn Dunmire in June when the theme was privilege. Carolyn was born in the scene between the boomer and X generations, and she's worked hard to avoid becoming one of those stereotypes. She's currently rearranging her priorities from doing what is dictated by her job to what is dictated by her imagination. Here is Carolyn's story. No shit, there I was. I have always wanted to use that in a story. And I feel so grateful and privileged to be here tonight and be able to include it. It was New Year's, the year 2058, in Nepal, which translates to April 2001. I was part of an expedition to Makalu, the fifth highest peak in the world. My husband, Glenn Dunmire, was a climber on the expedition and I was coming along to trek into base camp. And this was a bit more than your average Himalayan adventure. As a newly minted Dunmire, my father-in-law, Bill Dunmire, had been on the first American expedition to the Himalaya in 1954, and their objective was Makalu. So we would be literally walking in his footsteps. And in reviewing his journals and his slides, uh, a couple things struck me. One was just the scale of the thing. There was a slide, a picture of a string of people and gear and stuff climbing up the side of this river gorge that had to be at least a half a mile long. What also struck me was the caption on that slide, which was, coolies crossing the Arun. So I was determined to make a connection with the locals, with the Nepalis, on this trip. And I had my one word of Nepali, namaste, which is pretty handy. It means hello and goodbye, and sometimes thank you, and my, you know, hand gestures, thumbs up, that's good. So uh, the other thing on this trip is that I was kind of the coolie of the expedition. Being the trekker, the, what I could only do is really hold up the athletes who were going into base camp. So to maximize my potential to keep up with the group, my husband and I went over a week early ahead of the team to help organize the equipment as well as to kind of get over jet lag and get everything set before they arrived. Unfortunately, in addition to getting over jet lag, I got a case of dysentery. So I had the runs the entire time I was in Nepal and especially during the trek. So you'd think that a trek in the Himalaya would be uh, you know, through snow-covered peaks and high altitude passes and Yes, we did eventually get there, but we started at the end of the highway. And this, we were hiking up the equivalent of Highway 160, let's say, but it was all foot tra traffic. And it was through a scrubby forest, not much shade or coverage. It was hot and it was dusty. 
The other traffic on this kind of major thoroughfare through Nepal were all types of people. You know, I saw kind of like an 18-wheeler, a guy hauling planks on a tump line, which is a uh, line that goes over his forehead and then around the load. And he passed me, you know, left me in the dust as he's hiking up the hill. I saw a family, um, a man, uh, uh, his wife and their children, and his arm was in a cast, in a sling, and clearly they were heading down to go to the doctor. And then there was my porter, that's always a little strange, um, a guy carrying a bright yellow North Face duffel bag, about 100 pounds, smaller than me, and uh, he also had a basket on a tump line, and so it looked like a bright yellow North Face duffel bag hiking down the trail with bare feet. <laughs> so in this environment, we really were Martians. I don't know how much sci-fi you've read, but if you read about humans um, that would be you know, raised on Mars, they would be tall, they would be pale, and they would have to bring their own life support. And there we were. We were tall, not because of the lack of gravity, but because we had probably eaten better than anybody else around us. Um, we were pale, obviously, compared to the dark-skinned folks. And we had our complete life support system. We had food. We had water filters. We had every high-tech piece of equipment coming with us up the trail. So if you should find yourself with the runs, in this part of Nepal, remote Nepal. Let me give you a couple tips about bathrooms there. <laughs> so um, they come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. And because it's Nepal, there's a lot of relief, you know, geographic and geologic relief. So there's, you know, they don't need to dig holes. It's just perched on the edge of a gully or a cliff or a river gorge. So you would look on the side of the road, you might see a screen kind of blocking off where it would be, but behind that screen would be an outhouse, perhaps with or without a door, or maybe only a seat, and sometimes just a pair of footprints in where you might want to stand. So let me give you a little tip. Um, being a Martian, you weigh two to three times what your average Nepali does. And um, you don't want to just jump into what looks like the most solid outhouse on the edge there. Because in Nepal, the custom is they only repair or replace something, say, an outhouse or a rope bridge, until after it fails. So you do not want to be the last user of that outhouse. <laughs> So it was a hot day, I'm trudging up the trail, not feeling very good, and um, I gotta go. And so I look ahead and see a screen, ah, restroom facilities nearby, and I kind of hustle ahead of the group, um, dump my pack, and run behind the screen. Take care of my business, you know, do what I need to do. And then I start hearing voices on the other side of the screen and think, oh crap. There's a bunch of people out there, and I just want to get to my pack and keep moving. So I kind of spy around the screen and see, oh, I can kind of work my way around the group and get to my pack without being noticed. And no shit, there I was. I go behind the screen, work towards my pack with my hands out, and I'm handed not my pack, but a baby, a baby. 
he's he she he's hot he's heavy he's dressed in a bright green rough woolen hand knitted onesie and by the whiff of ammonia he doesn't have a diaper on at all and i am standing there holding him i'm not going to cuddle him it's 100 degrees out and i reach the summit of my discomfort in nepal so it is a funny thing about privilege. It's a very simple human transaction. A privilege is extended and either accepted or waived. You don't have to be worthy of a privilege. You don't earn a privilege. It's just offered. The other thing you need to know is that in Nepal, one of the highest forms of privilege there is, is to offer hospitality to a stranger or to a visitor. So there I am holding this child, not knowing what to do. He's looking at me, I'm looking at him. And I look up and see his mother. She's dressed in rags, she's barefoot, she's got a beautiful head wrap on her head, she's very young, and she is beaming at me. She is so pleased that I am holding her son. And it finally comes to me just by getting over my shit, both literally and figuratively, <laughs> by being vulnerable and unclean and truly present, I, me, was able to offer a privilege to her of giving hospitality to a Martian. No shit. Thanks, Carolyn, for telling that story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. Our next storytelling event will be September 7th and 8th at James Ranch, north of Durango, and at the Grand Imperial Hotel in Silverton, when the theme will be water. And we are also currently looking for storytellers for our upcoming events in October, when the theme will be belonging. And if you have not done so already, be sure to subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And be sure to share these stories with your friends and comment on things that you loved. Thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website. And be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. We also want to thank our nonprofit sponsor organization, Mancus Valley Resources. We couldn't do it without you. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar, and you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Now for an outtake. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. We already did that part. I thought you were just going to do the bio. You I will. Okay. I will. <laughs> of course, of course. I'm getting the I'll see giggles, if you knew. Tom. I'll see if you knew where we were. <laughs> <laughs> Jolly. 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 Thank you.
Thank you for the test. I, I appreciate being tested. Oh, damn it. All right, here we go. Just the bio this okay. time. Like I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh.